Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, It is a beautiful day here in Vero Beach, Florida, and today is all about love. It's Valentine's Day, and I know I'm dating my show for my podcast, but I think it's really important because the topic we're going to be talking about today is loving yourself using um, some techniques called EMDR, and I'm honored to have in my studio today, which, as you know, it's not something I often get to do, is actually have physical bodies besides myself in the studio. I have Dr. Andrew Dobo in the um, studio today. He is uh, a psychologist. He's been working with EMDR for over 14 years. He's been a psychologist for longer um, I got introduced to him by a friend and another guest that I've had on my show, Leslie McGurk, and we were just randomly talking about stuff. And she goes, oh, you know, there's an EMDR therapist in uh, Sebastian, Florida. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have somebody here that does that. And I just thought it'd be really cool to have him on the show for Valentine's Day because, to me, taking care of your mental health is the best way you can love yourself. So, um, Dr. Dobo, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for inviting me, Laura. It's good to be here. It's great to have you here. You know, it's I, I first learned about EMDR, uh, gosh, probably six, seven years ago. And I just thought it was absolutely fascinating. I'd heard about EFT or tapping, emotional freedom technique, and NET, neuroemotional technique, and I had experienced all of those and then met somebody at a conference And they're like, hey, let me try something on you. And they pulled me off to the side and they did what I found out later on was EMDR to help me through something that I that came up at the conference I was at. And I thought it was the most fascinating thing I had ever seen in my life. And I couldn't understand why it wasn't everywhere. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, A lot of people ask me that. uh, Like I'll have a client that comes in and saying, I, I've had this image in my head upsetting me for 20 years, and it, it's gone now in 50 minutes? Why didn't I find you 20 years ago? So, um, I think um, when I use the MDR, I, I use this a light bar. So it's kind of this kind of weird light that has a stream of blue lights that pass back and forth, and your eyes follow them. It's sitting on a tripod, and there's also headphones that beep, and we have tactile stimulators you hold in your hand. The, um, the original discovery was with the eyes. And then they discovered that, well, you can't really use EMDR if someone has migraines, they get migraines, or if they can have a seizure. Uh, so they wanted, they decided to do some uh, research on like tapping, like I'm tapping my eyes alternately. That's EMDR. So you can use tactile stimulation, auditory, or visual. <clears throat> So I have this kind of weird light with the headphones hanging off of them and some, you know, these little paddles. And when I try to tell people, well, you're going to watch those lights and then you're going to feel better. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of has a snake oil kind of feel. I'm going to watch these lights and, you know, this horrible thing that's happened to me, I'm going to feel better. So um, I think that might be one reason because it's a little strange. Um, I think therapists, we like to talk and we listen, but we also like to share what we know. Well, the MDR, there's no talking. None at all. Well, 
every once in a while you will query the person and, and just ask, what are you noticing? Because EMDR activates thoughts, feelings, images, memories, and body sensations. So it's an experiential process. It doesn't always activate all of that at once, but it, it can. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's a bit of a mystery as to what's going to happen. In a way, the therapist is, we're trained to keep people safe. There's strategies that we do before we ever do any kind of EMDR because if somebody has a really traumatic event, a lot of the ex- the, the process sort of insists that they re-experience it um, quickly. The re- and then the, the fact that there's no talking means that that your, your your psyche heals itself at the speed of thought. Like talking just slows everything down. Okay. So this stuff's already in their head. I'm not, they don't have to tell me. A lot of times they don't even have to tell me what the image is. I just need to know they have an image of this horrible thing. But you don't have to tell me what it is. We don't have to discuss it. You just have it in your head. If you want to talk about it, that's fine. But a lot of times they don't want to come in and tell this story again to yet another therapist. They've done that before. So then how do you know what somebody needs or wants to work on when they they come into your office to help heal through that? I mean, before the show started, we were talking about addiction. We were talking about PTSD. We were talking about a number of, of things. But how do you how do you know? I mean, EMDR DR can work with addiction of all kinds food alcohol drugs um it can work with ptsd from like when i fell and in two twice in four days and i went into panic attacks after it right but how do you know what to start working with well there's a couple ways to do it like if you came to my office i would just say what was the worst part of that fall which fall What, what was the worst part was it the fall was it that you're gonna fall again for a third time is it um, so what we would talk, and I would I'd try to ask you in that whole process if I had a film of it. I'd just say, Laura, hit pause where you felt the worst. Um, and that's what we call in EMDR lingo the target. Okay. <clears throat> so you stay with that image for five or ten seconds while you have this thought like like it might be I'm clumsy, you know, a negative belief, or I'm, I'm, uh, I'm vulnerable, or... I'm damaged, whatever it is. Right. <clears throat> and then once we have the thought with the target, I would ask you just to keep that image in your mind with the thought for a few seconds while you watch the lights go back and forth. And then after a few seconds, you just want to free associate. You want to just allow whatever is going to happen to happen. And you don't want to make anything happen, but you don't want to prevent anything from happening. So whatever happens, it's just your body and your mind trying to heal itself. So really, you don't you don't have to understand what's happening. You don't have to say, well, why am I thinking about being in second grade on that bus? It doesn't matter why. <laughs> <clears throat> your psyche has linked that up for some reason, and oftentimes the reasons they're not very they're not logical. They're symbolic or metaphoric, um, and that's why I really like we were talking about. <clears throat> Um, somebody who's afraid like to go in an elevator and why am I afraid of an elevator? I've never been afraid of an elevator, but now I'm 45 and now for some reason I don't want to get in this elevator. It's, right. it's illogical. Um, but EMDR, we would target getting into the elevator. And oftentimes it links back to something like my brother sat on a, a cedar chest and threw me in there when I was three and sat on it and wouldn't let me out. And I thought I was going to suffocate. And it links to that thing. 
And so there's the cause. And it's just been laying dormant for years to sort of create a problem. Now, you you have a book out called Unburdening Souls at the Speed of Thought, and there's one story in there that you, you talk about, about a woman when she was going through EMDR with you, all of a sudden she was exhibiting all the signs of being, like, freezing to death. And it went back to when she was five years old and her mother had thrown her out in the snow in her pajamas and left her there. Right. But there was no conscious memory of that, but yet that was doing something to her adult life that she didn't realize? Is that why it came up? Um, something got triggered? Yeah. It, it, we were targeting her mother, I think, choking her. Um, and so that's where it started. And then it, this sort of just kind of followed the chronology of that event. Um because she was five and her mother choked her and then she threw her out. She had forgotten about the snow thing. She didn't remember that. She just remembered that it's her mother choking this her, her, you know, right. five-year-old person. Um, and so we were just targeting the, the rage on her mom's face because there were many other moments. And oftentimes that would link to, and then she hit me then, and then a mother, abusive mother did it. You know, it goes on and on. And on. But this, this kind of continued this story. Um, so she had forgot, excuse me, that she was out in the snow. Um, but EMDR just says, don't forget this, you know? And so she's shivering. And, um, like I said, I heard her cheeks were turning red, her lips a little bit blue. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. So she went back <clears throat> in her thoughts to that time and her body reacted the same way it did so that she could clear whatever stuck emotions were improperly associated with that memory yes the the body there's a book out by um Bessel van der Kolt. he's he's one of the foremost um ptsd researchers and the book is called the body keeps score um that's a brilliant title but, and as i do emdr like a lot of times I'm, i might have a client uh, who's who didn't have a voice growing up like their big brother oh yeah whatever he said was everything but the daughter not so much and a lot of times when we do EMDR, their throat will kind of close up symbolically. You know, you can't breathe. Your voice doesn't matter. You just get in trouble when you open your mouth. So then the throat closes up. It happens a lot, all the time. Right. <clears throat> so the body kind of takes the, the, the event and symbolically manifests itself. You know, I have people that are itching. Um, and I'm thinking, well, who, who is anybody uh, getting under your skin? And he asked that question. They said, hmm, well, come to think of it, my boss is driving me crazy. <laughs> and they will target something, uh, and, you know, it, it, it processes those kind, of, those kind of body sensations. You know, uh, I always find it fascinating. I love the whole idea of the book, The Body Keeps Score, and your book, Unburdening Souls at the Speed of Thought, because I, I've really seen it from a, a personal level how what's happening in your life right at this moment probably is something that, triggered a long time back and got suppressed and now it's just coming up right and you're now it's time for you to process it because you can't keep it stuffed down anymore we are here with dr andrew dobo a psychologist here in um, sebastian florida he's been doing emdr for over 14 years psychologist for longer it's all about the questions everyone and today it's all about questioning health in your brain and your body we'll be right back Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. 
Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. So, um, Dr. Dobo, Andrew, we were talking about, you know, this whole idea of emotions and things that you're feeling right now may not be what you're dealing with now. It could have been triggered way back. A number of years ago, I was at a conference in California and my now ex-husband called me to tell me there was something going on at home. He was here with my mom and they had gotten into an argument or something. And, you know, here I am out in California. It's at night. There's nothing I can do about any of it. And I'm like, well, can't you just take care of it? I mean, did this require a call? Right. And because you knew I'm in the middle of something. And I I hang up the phone with him thinking I'm going to have to get on a plane. And I just I'm so emotionally distraught. I the tears are there almost in a um over-the-top emotional reaction where you're having, I don't even, like a crying jag, and I couldn't stop them, and I'm at a dinner, and this um, friend who I've have had on the show, Joan Rosenberg, um, if you haven't met her, I have to introduce you to her because she's really amazing. She said to me, Laura, you know, the situation is not about this moment. You've tapped down all of those tears, all of that grief, all that emotion for a lot of years. It's going back to another point. She does EMDR as well in time. And it's just, it got triggered because you've buried that emotion for so long. And now it can't be buried anymore. That trigger has, it's unlocked the lid of the pot in your body. And it's just erupting like a volcano. It's over the top. I mean, my reaction was so over the top for the situation. Is is that what you see a lot in your practice? Is what brings somebody to you for EMDR? Uh, yes, that that's one re- one reason. Actually, when when people are finished working with me, um, I will usually tell them, "Listen, so you know how EMDR works. We've done a lot of work. You're feeling better. You you know you're going through this whole process." Um, but a little litmus test is if you find that you're overreacting to something, like, why am I so upset about this? Um, that's usually a good reason to come back in and have another session with me, and we would just target this thing. Like, we would target the call from your husband if you were coming into my office. Right. And we would set up the protocol, and we would just process that. Because you could understand why. Maybe you know it's linked to this thing when I was a kid and that thing that I was a kid or this thing when I had a boyfriend in high school or whatever it's linked to. Um, but it, knowing doesn't make it go away. I've only found that EMDR processes that. Maybe hypnosis, maybe some of these other therapies that, you know, the NLP or some of those other things. But talking about it um, usually is maybe necessary but not sufficient. I, I love that um, one comment you just made, and that's such a tweetable moment. Anybody out there who's got their Twitter account going, because I cannot tweet and talk on the show. Knowing doesn't make it go away. I think that is so brilliant because, you know, we talk a lot about if you want to shift your mindset, if you want to change the status of your life, the state of your life, you need to have awareness but that's only the first step. It's not, it doesn't get rid of it. It right. just gives you awareness that there's something you need to deal with. Yes. And, and when we do EMDR, um, 
it's really kind of important uh, for people to surrender to the process. They don't have to understand it. They don't have to remember it. They just have to allow it to happen. And oftentimes that means to stop thinking. Because <laughs> thinking does not help. I'm I mean, laughing only because <clears throat> try to get my brain to stop thinking. It's very well, hard. Well, I mean, you're smart. You know, if, if, if you could have figured it out and, and healed that moment with your brain, your thinking, you, you would have. You right. would have figured it out by now made it go away. But it's not how it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> like a simple like neurological explanation is um, there's information that comes in. Like suddenly, let's say somebody just pulled out in front of you and, and you almost were in this accident and like, you know, you lose your breath and you like tighten your muscles and wow, man, I have to be more careful when I got to this intersection, right. right? So that event, when you come back to that intersection, maybe the next day you'll be careful because you remember this visceral response. That's not traumatic. That's, that's uh, adaptive. That's how we're, it's supposed to work. Okay. <clears throat> so... It immediately goes into part of the brain that doesn't really give us time and space information. It's just this experience. And then it moves on to, like, the hippocampus and more of the cognitive centers. And say, oh, that happened a week ago. We don't need to be afraid in front of this intersection every time we go. We don't have to tighten our muscles every time. We learned our lesson. And you just kind of forget all about it. Well, the traumatic event, the information stuck in the, the amygdala, a part, a part of the limbic system where it doesn't get this time and space information. That's like. And if anybody's I'm, uncertain, those are different parts of the brain that uh, Andrew has just <coughs> talked about, Dr. Dobo, the amygdala, the hippocampus, and, and stuff like that. Go Google it. <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. okay. Well, one part of the brain does it, it, it makes it, like, we, we talk about with veterans, they have flashbacks. So they think they're back in Vietnam or wherever. Uh, and it's a 30-year-old memory, and it feels like they're there again because the, the traumatic event is stuck in the part of the brain that doesn't know that it's 30 years ago. Okay. It's just this, there's no time-space information. It's just this response to a trigger. And EMDR somehow jump-starts that process and send it, sends it to where it knows this happened before. New information could enter the, the traumatic event. And we know we're safe, and we know that that was a long time ago. And then you start to actually believe and feel that that's true. And that's one of the things I don't, I don't really know if they know exactly why that happens. This simple bilateral stimulation of the hemispheres really just moves this, these, these troubling memories and stores them where they're supposed to be. Just like when you stop suddenly in front of a someone's going to hit you, then that just kind of, you know, you just forget about it. And you just learn to be more careful, and that's adaptive. But in some cases, that doesn't happen. That process gets interrupted. Right. And yeah. it just gets stuck there, and you keep going back through it. I know when I got hit by a car walking across the street back in uh, 1989, and, you know, a big red pickup truck coming at me and <coughs> hits me, and I go down on the ground, and I'm laying there in the middle of the road, um, and I started having some crazy flashbacks afterwards. And I went to a traditional psychologist at the point, and somehow it triggered my brother dying a number of years back when I was 10, mm -hmm. which was in 70, 73 when my brother died. But getting hit by a car triggered something related to that and brought it all up. So some pattern was interrupted. Right. Like it could have been the, the cognition 
like I'm vulnerable or I'm not in control. Okay. Like you couldn't control your brother dying. You couldn't control this truck coming at you. So that would be a cognition, a cognitive link, we call it. Okay. And, and EMDR helps break that permanently. Right. All right. When we come back from the news break, um, I wanna, we're going to talk with Dr. Andrew Dobo about this whole concept of how traditional psychology works where it, and, and medical profession actually works. I've dealt with this a lot in the last uh, 14 weeks with my foot and my, my hand where it's about addressing the symptoms and clearing the symptoms but not clearing it all the way through at, to make those go away permanently. It just sort of suppresses the symptoms so you just don't have to deal with them and you can move on. Um, we will be right back with more from Dr. Andrew Dobo talking about EMDR. What do you want to not have happen anymore? Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve a lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. All right, so we're here with Dr. Andrew Dobo talking about EMDR. And, you know, I've experienced it myself. I think it's fascinating work. I've also experienced NET, EFT, uh, hypnotherapy, you know, I'm, I'm like this junkie of wanting to move past anything blocking me. And I'm willing to explore all the different ways to do that. I, I had this thought during the news break um, for you on the podcast. There was no news break. It was like immediate right back to the show. <laughs> but for those of us listening, those of you listening live on broadcast radio and on iHeartRadio, um, there was that, that news in the middle of it, which might have put people into a little PTSD, depending on what was on the news, you know. Um, how is EMDR different from hypnotherapy? Um, I usually tell people EMDR is the opposite of hypnotherapy. In hypnotherapy, the hypnotherapist will get you to relax and kind of put you in this sort of sense. You're aware, but you're not sleeping. You're somewhere in between awareness and like in a meditative state um, and then they do a script or they they hypnotize you and try to change behavior so you're sort of aware semi-aware with emdr you're hyper aware you're a, you're reliving the experience um, sometimes your body <clears throat> starts to react or you start to cry or you get angry so um, they're very different. But I get that question a lot because I have this light bar that goes back and forth. You know, So people think of the pendulum when, you know, right. in the movies where you get hypnotized. Yes. So they think, look into <coughs> my eyes, right. watch the moving watch. Right. right. So they yeah. will ask that. And I said, no, you, you don't sort of gaze at the bar and, and go into a trance. You have to track the bar. The, you have to track it with your pupils. Okay. And that's the part of EMDR. We, ne- we didn't really define EMDR. But um, EMDR, <coughs> eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So you're watching the light bar because the movement of the eyes. Yeah, your pupil has to go from one corner of the socket to the other for the bilateral stimulation of the hemisphere. So okay. you don't. it's not like you're at a tennis match moving your head back and forth. Um, you keep your head still and you just move your pupils just like a two-foot two track just so they go from one corner to the other. And that's probably the only similarity to hypnotherapy is that watching something go back and forth. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, 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 it can be um, unpredictable, the EMDR. Um, 
but that, and that's why you need somebody who knows what they're doing in the room with you. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yes. Now, in in your book, um, Unburdening Souls at the Speed of Thought, and in the work that you do, you've tracked um, six steps in the process of, of healing through a process. And we were talking before the show started about traditional medicine, uh, which I've gotten a lot of lately, as, as all my listeners know, seem to focus on the first three, ending with healing the <coughs> symptoms. And it's not really healing the symptoms. It's suppressing the symptoms enough that it's not a problem and you can move past. In some right. cases, it does heal it. Like if you have an infection, you you know, once those symptoms are gone, typically the infection's gone and your body will heal. But in the mental game, sometimes just healing the symptoms doesn't solve the problem? You need to go further? Yeah, I, well, I think sometimes it can, and sometimes it just manages it, the symptoms. Okay. Um, so if you have panic attacks and you go see a therapist and they'll give you some strategies so that you can reduce the likelihood and maybe give you some homework to do and you know, put yourself in situations gradually where you might have an attack or something. So they're kind of behavioral and cognitive kind of approaches. Um, what, what EMDR does, it, it, <clears throat> because there's no talking again, and, and, and like I said, this isn't about thinking about why I'm having this panic attack when we okay. do EMDR. We, would tar- we could target a, the last attack or the worst attack, um, and we would set up the protocol. And so you have the, the memory with the thought, which is, might be I'm not in control. Sometimes it's I'm trapped or something like that. And then we just do the bilateral stimulation, let your mind wander, let whatever happens happen, and oftentimes it will link to, oh, this is why this happened. Oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so the- it's, all, it's always a bit of a, a mystery how these things um, link up, uh, which is why sometimes just approaching the symptom misses the point. Um, like an example in my book is a woman who had lived in Florida her whole life in her 40s. And one day she just became terrified of thunderstorms. She'd been through hurricanes. She had seen tornadoes. She's been, she's seen a thunderstorm. She's from Florida. Right. That's a pretty <coughs> common occurrence. Right. But like really she can be thinking I'm going crazy. She has to watch the weather channel. She won't go get groceries if there's any hint of rain. All this kind of behavior. So it's become very almost... It's rational to her, but it's irrational in terms of the level that this has gone. It's not rational to her either. She thinks okay. she's going crazy. Okay. <laughs> so this she's doesn't make any point. sense. Got right. It. So we processed the fear of the thunderstorm. That's kind of all we had to go on. Um, and it linked to um, being molested uh, when she was six. So you're thinking... What does a thunderstorm have to do with being molested? And she came up with about ten things. Like, well, you never, I never knew when he was going to come home drunk and molest me. Well, you never know when a thunderstorm is going to show up in Florida. You really never know how long it's going to last. I never knew how long this was going to last. I didn't understand. I'm all, I was, you know, I'm, you, I hear get, people are afraid in thunderstorms. People die of lightning in Florida. Well, I didn't know if I was going to. Like, there were many, many reasons right. that, that are uh, that are symbolically similar. Um, so at some point, her psyche says, you need to tell Dobo this. 
you're not getting away without telling him about this molested molestation thing because I had worked with her before and we done we've done some we did some trauma work and this sort of came out of the blue um so we target the symptom and it wasn't about the symptom at all once we linked it to that she was no longer free of thunder symptoms okay that completely went away so what are the the six the first three that end with symptoms three is symptoms right well the first one is avoidance people wait wait till things get very bad before they just avoid no i'm okay no i don't have a negative belief about myself no i don't have anything that ever happened to me that's bad you know um then the second is uh, when you come into my office and do EMDR, you have to like you have to surrender to the process. You can't control what happens in EMDR, or it won't work. You have to be willing to just let whatever happen happen. So surrender is the second. The third is a dismantling of the old way. So it's the actual work of the symptoms, but really we're really dismantling this the core belief. Um, for the for the which is the transformational kind of EMDR, which is usually I don't matter, or I'm not good enough. Like if you have an alcoholic father, alcohol mattered. I didn't matter so much. So you learn okay. very long age, a very young age, that you don't matter. You may have never said that to yourself, but you're living your life as someone who doesn't matter, and you allow people to take advantage of you. Is that where a lot of addiction comes from? That whole I do <clears throat> I don't matter. I, we could probably do a no, another whole show on that, yeah. but. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't see very many addicts um, at all. But I, I think just in America, um, I'm not good enough and I don't matter are really the two cognitions that most of us have at least one, one of those, some two. Like I have, mine isn't, is I'm not good enough. I have two master degrees. I have a doctorate. Am I good enough now? No. I didn't feel like I was good enough. <laughs> even after I got I'm off. laughing because I know that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but after EMDR, I, I feel pretty confident that I'm doing my best that I can and, and I'm good enough. Okay. Um, and it made a very, it made a profound difference in just being accepting myself in my own skin in my 50s. Um, but EMDR was very transformative. It was really kind of unbelievable. And I, and I help people. I kind of get there, um, dismantling these beliefs, which uh, it's not really reported. This isn't what people, when people talk about EMDR, they don't usually talk about the cognition. Um, but for me, that's the magic of my work, where the I don't matter person starts to feel like they do. And the whole view, that changes their view of the world, it changes their view of themselves, it changes how they engage the world. And it changes how they allow the world to engage them. They matter, and they don't. They don't allow themselves to be treated like they don't anymore. And so there's trouble. So the okay. fourth stage after we dismantle this old belief is chaos and confusion. Yeah, I was just thinking that that's got to be a big part of it. After you realize that this belief you've had forever long you had it is not the truth, it you begin to question. Everything, every decision you've made, every thought you've had, everything you've done in your life. That's right. And okay. that's not a fun thing to look at. But it, but the fifth stage is this rebirth where you know that this is my authentic me, finally. you kind of like on solid ground. You can grieve the loss of all of that stuff, but now you're on this new path. And then the sixth stage, the, five, the fifth stage, people, people think of this as being linear, that you can be in stage three, four, and five in the same moment. You can have a dream where all three of those 
dismantling confusion and rebirth is all present in a moment. So it's 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 sort of a, an eternal process, not a logical linear process. Okay. Um, so people always say, I, I just went back to stage three, and I thought I was in, that was a stage five dream. So am I going backwards? <laughs> you know, because I think like, time is not linear. <laughs> no, but you know, I don't. You know, that, sometimes I wonder if I should not use these stages because they do think that it, it's linear, and this is your psyche; it's not logical. But yeah. it's important to define them because in some cases it is linear. Once you've gone through all of them, we've just defined five of them right. so far. The sixth one before we go into our last commercial break. It's like this assimilation, accepting the new self. Five is you, you feel it, you start to see it, you get used to it, you know this is the right thing. But if you've never said no to somebody because you don't matter, they do. And now you have to say no. And I have to say no, we have to go into a commercial break right now, okay. which is never my favorite part because there's, you know, there's never enough time on the shows to really ask all the questions that I want to ask. We have, we're going into our last commercial break and we're going to come back and talk more about the, the chaos and coming out of the chaos and connecting in with Dr. Andrew Dobo. We'll be right back. Success comes from not only what you know, but also who you know. Welcome back to It's All About the Questions with award-winning author Laura Stewart. Do you ever think that you don't matter and you're not good enough? Well, one of the things that I find so powerful about EMDR and and the work that it does is how it unlocks and, and just unseats those deep beliefs but gives you a way to actually move past that chaos, which... Um, Andrew, you were talking about that that fourth step, which is you're in the chaos, that so often people never manage to fully get out of that, so then they go backwards. Yeah, and they usually want to get out of it quickly. Very quickly. I know. Yeah. I want to get out of it very quickly. <laughs> but the thing about it is it, um, it's sometimes the most important stage uh, because you really do have to give some thought as to what you want this next chapter in your life to be because this, this is a big transitional thing that happens a lot of times when people do this work they might be getting a divorce they might be getting a new excuse me a new job there's more than just emdr going on usually and if they Jungians call it it's a period of creative introversion oh creative introversion so you have to shut down and spend time with yourself i can't do this for you you have, you have to do it and if you don't do it Usually, um, people get injured or sick. Like, I got a list of about 20 people. The first person that this ever happened to um, was this woman who's kind of a, an extrovert, kind of has a high-powered job, um, and she was doing good work. She had a lot of trauma. We're working through it, and it's ready to shift, but she's got to stop. She was busy, you know, doing, running around, taking care of her family, taking care of her job. And then uh, she came in one day, and she had a neck brace on her neck. And what happened to you? <laughs> and she said, that, you remember when you wanted me to write in a journal and record my dreams? I said, yeah. And you never did it, I remember. 
<laughs> I've been there, done that, not done that. <laughs> so she said, I had a dream, and it was so powerful. I like, I like shot up in this dream, and my, I had whip, I have whiplash from how violently I stood up in this dream. I said, what was that dream about? Do you remember? She goes, no, I don't remember. But I can't work because I have to take pain medication. And so she was home for like two or three great weeks. And she did a lot of this creative introversion stuff that I was trying to ask her to do. Um, and I've had many stories kind of like that. I kind of warn people, you know, it doesn't mean you, you don't go to work. It just means you need to spend some time with yourself in the evening or get up in the morning you know, pay attention to your dreams. What, what do you want the next part of this life to be? You have to figure this out. I, I can't tell you that. That's up to you. We can talk about it. Um, and sometimes that doesn't mean dramatic changes, but, you know, if you if you have your whole life is spent like, I don't matter, everybody else matters. I just take everybody else. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not entitled to something. These people don't even ask themselves, what do I want? That thought never even crosses their mind. And when they matter, they realize... I've been living, I'm, I'm who everybody else wants me to be instead of who I'm supposed to be. And that's kind of an awakening. And now you have to figure that out. And sometimes that's a bit of a struggle. And EMDR <clears throat> helps you how with that part? Well, with EMDR we talk about, we start with past targets, past events that were troubling. And then as the shift occurs from like, I don't matter as an example to I do, then there's trouble in the present moment. Like, okay, I have to tell this friend who's been taking advantage of me and borrowing my car and not giving it back when I want it or some crazy stuff like that. Right. I have to tell him no. But I'm uncomfortable doing that. So we set up a protocol based on telling this person no and, and process that. And that strengthens them to know that saying no doesn't mean you're selfish. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. The world's not going to come to an end. It just means I'm care for myself <laughs> now emdr it doesn't always resolve in one session no no i mean this is this i don't matter to i do i'm not good enough to I do. those are that's the transformational work that takes months um like if you come in and you just wanted to work on i fell and i'm having these panic attacks and i'm i'm just i just want to be okay and and so that's a single episode event if it's not linked to anything else, which it, it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> single episodes, single events are very easy to take care of, even horrible things. Like I've had where a child would, would die and the parents would come in and like, well, see if this works. And I'm surprised how, how just this one episode, which is a horrible thing, and it's not like they're, they're fine. But they could talk about the child. They could look at a picture of the child. They can cope. Yeah. It's not over the top. Right. And it's actually better than they ever imagined it could be um, in just a few sessions. Because that's a single thing where if you've been abused for the first 12 years of your life, physically, emotionally, or any of that stuff, that takes a bit of a time. That takes time, especially if you're 50, you know, um, as you go through that. So EMDR is very fast. It's probably faster than talk therapy, um, I would say, because there's no talking. You can sort of process 10 years of your life in an hour because okay. there's no talking. So. And insurance is 
Uh, yeah. A lot of insurance covers it. Yeah. To whatever level your insurance covers. Yeah, it's just a it's just a therapy session. There's not a separate a special code for EMDR like there is for hypnosis, but there isn't for EMDR. It's just a regular you know talk psychology session. So. But it works at a different level in the body and in the psyche. I want to make sure people know how to find you. Uh, the easiest thing is uh, just andrewdobo.com. It's just my name. Okay. I have a website with there's trainings and there's excerpts from books and how to buy my book. And I, was, I think the Twitter feed's on there. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of information about me. You, and then uh, I work at the Collaborative Counseling Center in Sebastian. You know, the number there is 772-589-7680. Say that number again. <clears throat> 772 589-7680. You um, might have to wait a while to see me, but we have other therapists there that are doing EMDR um, if you want to if you want to try it. Um, and if somebody, because I have listeners all around the world, how do they find uh, a licensed, trained EMDR therapist wherever they may be? Uh, I know somebody in Israel. Um, yeah, there's an organization uh, called EMDRIA, E-M-D-R-I-A. It's the International Association, and they're the credentialing body. Uh, so uh, they make sure that everybody who's a member is credentialed, has been trained by professionals, and they, you know, there's standards that people have to meet before they can be put on that website. And they have, like, a find a therapist, put in your zip code, put in your town, and you'll find some EMDR therapists We're everywhere. That's so great. And um, sometimes you can work via Skype or other ways if somebody can't, like, say the closest therapist is 100 miles away or something like that or 200. Not necessarily the best way to do it. but Yeah, I, I wouldn't do EMDR via Skype. You can talk to people, but you want to be in the same room when somebody does EMDR because you really don't know what's going to happen. That's, that's a really good point because if something could come up, you're not planning right. on surfacing. Right. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. It was a pleasure. It was a lot uh, of fun. Everybody, I I really believe EMDR is an effective method for helping you through things. And um, if there's something I can do to help you, you're not asking the right questions, you know, the show, this is what it's all about, is introducing you to people that can shift your perspectives on things and introduce you to new concepts. If you're loving the show, rate it, review it on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, everybody, the right questions truly can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. been listening to it's all about the questions starring laura stewart connect with laura at it's all about the and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today